All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 43. It's your old friend, Bag Milk, here on the mic. To my left is one Wanye Gretz sitting in for Coombe, who is binge drinking in Banff this weekend. Across the table is Rick and Dan, and to my right is producer Tyler Yaremchuk. We are here to recap all things free agency and all things Edmonton Oilers with a little bit of other shenanigans mixed in there as well. I want to start with a look at what the Oilers did on free agency day. The nation, we had a huge traffic day. We had a lot of content go up. The interesting thing to me, Rick, I want to start with you. The interesting thing to me is there were a lot of nation fans that were really upset about what the Oilers did or did not do, even though, at least to me, kind of seemed what I expected given the cap space they had or lack thereof and kind of the major needs of rebuilding the bottom six. Last week, we argued about whether or not they should go for a bigger profile player with their money or go on a volume approach. As we all know, we all got an argument about it. Ken Holland seemed to favor the volume approach. Rick, what was your take on free agency and what the Oilers did? Uh, Just a comment on that first part there about uh, what we were talking about last week. I still think, and they've yet to do this, they have not done, they have not spent the money on that big second line type player, which we kind of wanted. And I think it's going to actually end up happening at the end of the day. I don't think there's a lot of guys out there you can sign right now for a million and a half or two that will, you know, you can bring on two of them and try and pray that one of them can handle that top six role. So I still see one guy coming in in the top six role. 
Uh, however, when it came to uh, Monday, I didn't expect a lot. Like We kind of knew going in, Holland's hands were tied. Uh, you knew I you want to be a part of the big names, and I get that, but the organization's not not in the opportunity to, 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 to do that. So what we ended up doing is kind of what I expected. Sure, I learned some new names in Gaetan Haas. And, That's my favorite name, by the way. It's just a great name to say. I right? hope he sticks just and, for the puns. And Yurko. Yurko, I think I'd heard about him once or twice before. But uh, yeah, it's kind of what we did last year. We just kind of plucked in Reader and Brodziak and whatnot. Try and fix that bottom that bottom six and get that uh, secondary scoring going because that's really what affected us last year. Uh, I don't think Holland's done. We have two more months of summer yet, so we will still end up bringing in a guy who will be penciled in that top six role who's probably played in a top six role before. But as of Monday and just based on what happened on Monday, I was not really surprised. and I was more happy that we didn't end up overspending on, say, or overspending or overterming on, say, a Mrazic or even O'Connell ended up being more than what Holland wanted to give up. And the fact he didn't give it up, that's a, that's a GM we haven't had since, well, in a while. The last guy, he'd give you money, he'd throw you a term, he'd buy you a car and probably went home and uh, mowed your lawn before you even got there. So it's nice to see a GM standing up for the team and ex- not handing out more than we are uh, willing to give out. Just to recap the moves that did happen, uh, Marcus Granlin signed a one-year deal. Mike Smith signed a one-year deal. Thomas Yurko signed. Alex Chieson re-signed at 2.15 over two. Gaetan Haas, as Rick mentioned. Joachim Nygaard was signed a little while ago. The other big news that happened, Dan, what do you think about the buyout of Andre Sequeira to free up $3 bucks? That happened the day before. Um, it was a little bit surprising for me. What do you think? Uh I kind of said it that day, and I mean, of course, in the moment, it's it's frustrating just in general to watch money burn away, but I think I'm just generally frustrated with buyouts because it's just annoying to me to pay somebody to play in another city, and we now have three contracts that are just sitting there for a couple more years in the books with Pouliot and Griba, and Griba which is a minute buyout, by the way, but uh, still a buyout there, and you're, you're paying these guys that that could still be in your organization. You know, the Dallas Stars went and signed Zakara for a million and a half, which, of course, is a more fair valuation for for where he is coming off of major injuries and and all that. But here we are, a year removed from talking about how last season we had to we had to get somebody that could just be a stopgap until Reggie came back, and then everything would be okay. And now we sent him on his merry high ho way, and. Uh, we don't have a guy to replace him right now. We're, we're looking at probably Caleb Jones in that spot, who's played 40-what-some 40, 40 games uh, in the NHL, and now we're expecting him to be an everyday NHL player. I do agree with Rick, though, in saying that there is still there's still balls up in the air. Stuff can be dropped. There can, uh, can be moves to be made, um, offer sheets to be had. I'm not saying that that'll be us, but there's, there's a lot still going on in this summer. Well, another interesting thing, too, is the Sakara buyout along with Pouliot and Griba, and then you assume Brandon Manning's going to be buried. The Oilers have about $5.3 million in dead space for this upcoming season. Tyler, break it down for us. It is, it's frustrating. Like A lot of people are saying, well, you needed to free up $3 million, so that's the price you got to pay. You got to buy out Sakara. Well, twofold, as much as it's nice to free up three and a half, or $3 million this offseason, Let's look at it from the perspective of the same people who are saying, well, you had to free up money. This was the only way. 
in years three and four of this buyout, those same people will be sitting there going, huh, really sucks you got that dead money from Sekiro on the end of your books, right? Like the people who are like, oh, the gribe of buyout means nothing are the same ones who send out tweets and go, look how much dead money the owners are wasting, right? Like you need to be prepared to live with the consequences of the buyout. And I just don't think it was that smart. In my opinion, Andre Sekera is still a competent and you know what? A really good third pairing defenseman. If you have him on there and he's healthy, then I don't see anything wrong with it. And if he's not healthy, it's LTIR at this point, right? So I, I didn't agree with that. If you wanted to free up some money, instead of freeing up three mil with a Sekera buyout, why not two mil with a Gagne buyout? To me, you could have accomplished the same thing just in a different route. What about Russell? What about a Russell buyout? Well, a Russell buyout's interesting. So Sekera saves you three mil this summer, three million next summer, and then costs you a million half for two more years. Um, for Russell, it would have been he saved you two point nine million this year, but next year he only saved you six hundred thousand dollars, and then he saved you, or he was an extra nine hundred k, nine hundred k. So the second year of a potential Russell buyout was not as attractive. It's about a $2.1 million difference. But my counter argument to that would have been next summer, the Oilers are slated right now to have like close to $25 million in cap space if it stays at 81 and a half. So you could assume that they're going to have like $26, $27 million in open cap space next summer. Plus some cheap contracts coming out of, uh, out of Bakersfield. Out of Bakersfield, well. right? So you could have made the argument that you suck it up through this year. And then next year, either Russell's easier to move because there's one year left and you could have just traded him or Secker is buyoutable and the buyout's actually a lot prettier at that point. So I, I think it was maybe a little bit short-sighted um, at the same time, though. Let's see. I'm not like mad about it at this point because we don't know what Holland's done with it. If we're sitting there day one of the season and the Oilers have three and a half to four million dollars in open space like they do right now, I'm going to be a little ticked off with the Sekiro buyout because he freed up the money and didn't spend it, so it was unnecessary. Juanie, do you care about these buyouts? I do. I think Sekiro is a really good player, and I think it's an interesting case where a player is that good and then that injured for that long that you could see Sekiro perhaps... I, he was shockingly good when he came back. I agree. And a guy like that might tack two or three years onto his career on the back end because he's completely, ostensibly healed, right? The things that were wrong with him were healable injuries. And I don't know, I just felt like that was a guy who, him missing from the lineup was a really important piece of the puzzle missing. And buying him out like that, like you said, your check without using the space, I think they were, they're definitely a worse team with no Sekra. Yeah, I actually heard a really interesting point from Ryan Rashog that said some other teams looking at Sekra when scouting him noticed that he'd slowed down to the point that it was getting difficult for him to avoid contact. Like when he'd go back to retrieve a puck in his own end, he was almost always getting hit because he was no longer quick enough and strong enough on his feet to get out of the way. So the fear of him being re-injured mm. and just getting bumped the wrong way kind of scared off a lot of teams and potentially scared the Oilers. So that's something that I, I found a little bit interesting. Like if he has slowed down to that point, while I could, there's the optimist in me that's like, hey, he's healthy now. And like you said, for the next two or three years, if he stays healthy, he's going to be an NHL level defenseman. Then there's the other side of me that goes, man, the wrong side of 30 with, two pretty major like incredibly major leg injuries I, I can see why the Oilers might have been scared too I'm on the fence with this one I don't know well as somebody in my early to mid 30s I wake up with pains that have nothing to do with anything so I can't imagine having an ACL and a torn Achilles in back-to-back -back off seasons that's very very tough it, but Ken Holland did say in his post free agency press conference that happened on the first that afternoon that he still wants to add another 20 goal guy so that's likely got to come via trade, wouldn't you think, Rick? I think there's one or two 
available free agents left out there, and the longer they go, the cheaper they're going to be. But I almost, I still think at the end of the day is probably coming from a trade. But if you got a Ryan Zingle in here somehow, I think you could probably uh, make up for it that way as well. Two well, million we're gonna, we're right? definitely going to talk about the uh, Ryan Zingle thing. Uh, Elliot Friedman was on the radio today saying that he turned down a 5x5 five five or a 5x6 from Ottawa. Uh, the Zingle, that is. Maybe he's not the $2 million player that a certain someone was well, talking about. I know everyone like ripped on that dude after he put out that tag, that tweet, and just all these guys. Anytime they put anything out there, they get shit on. But the longer it goes in free agency, the less they get. I mean, we said last year you thought uh, Tobias Ryder was going to get more than he ended up signing here for. So I, I until there's a pen on the paper, I sure there's a chance of it, and if. Depend on what you want to do, man. Maybe you have a one a one year, get paid two, two and a half, play with Connor, pump up your numbers, and go for your big one next year. Ryan Zingle will not sign for less than $3 million. Waiting and, out this long, it, all it's doing is hurting the term he's going to get. It, I think he's still going to get four and a half to five mil. Some team like Colorado or something like that with money to blow in the end of July, August is going to pay him. Um, he's just too good. Like He's a consistent 25-goal guy. Someone's going to pay him. I think it's just there's a lot of teams with their RFAs and things like that. There's other shoes that need to drop before Ryan Single becomes certain teams' priorities. But I bet you there's a point where there's still three or four teams bidding on him. Another thing I want to touch on is the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames doing a wife swap with their goalies. Oilers brought in Mike Smith on a $2 million deal. Cam Talbot signed for three-something in Calgary. Wanya, what do you think about having Mike Smith as the Oilers goalie? I don't think there's enough sexual references made about goaltending, first of all. The Thank wife you. swap analogy was gross Thank and you. well done. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like This one is a weird one. Like I'm, a, I'm OG for some reason. I don't think the Oilers and Flames should be conducting no business. Technically, they did not trade amongst each other. They just picked up UFA. So it's not technically dealing with each other like that. True. I still think he's a turncoat. But I like Cam Talbot. He's a nice guy. And if you're if someone's offering a contract, you take yourself. Is Mike Smith good? I don't know. I don't really think so. I mean, uh, hopefully what he does is he comes in and brings enough pressure off Koskinen that he doesn't have to play 87 games a season. And Koskinen maybe at 65 games a year is a lot sharper and better because he isn't as tired. And now we've got the options in backup so that he doesn't feel like he has to play every night. Well, I think we do. It gives us a better tandem. Like, I know that organization kind of gave up on Talbot early last year and said see you later you know you're pretty much here till we can move you but we you're not a part of our future uh I'd, obviously the Koskinen deal was horrendous but if it came down to signing uh Smith for one year at two million plus whatever bonus and putting a three or four year deal together for Mrazek uh, I think we chose the better one we do have some younger guys coming up that you might want to give an opportunity to in the long run. If you have Mrazic at three or four, plus Koskinen at what, maybe at two more after this, you kind of have a bit of a ceiling for your younger guys. It's fine for one year. You never know what he can do. I'm sure it can't be worse than last year. Uh, and you try and figure that out again next year when you have a little bit more space and a couple more options out there. Well, if we're trying to be positive, Mike Smith had a terrible... Regular season last year with an 898 save percentage, which is garbage. But in the playoffs, he was not at all bad in the in the playoffs. Calgary couldn't score. He had a 917 in the playoffs, kind of held them in there as much as he possibly could. He did say in an interview this week that he had some personal problems at the beginning of the year last year that 
really affected his on ice play and had it all cleared up by like halfway through the season and the back half of the season looked better. Well, and he had a good goalie in Riddich that could spell him, and so that can't help your can't help your confidence when you're you're gripping that stick a little bit tighter because you're worried that that Davy Boy Riddich would take your uh, take your minutes away. Whereas he comes to Edmonton, and and I think it's pretty much to me it's like a one A one B kind of situation already. Oh, it's, like o- it's open. Why no the idea fuck did we sign Koskinen to have a one A one B? Well, I was going to say that too. Like, <laughs> like when it comes what to is happening? Agency, when it comes to the free agency, the whole the whole period was frustrating to watch because Mrazek signed for what five hundred thousand dollars more than Koskinen for one year. But the, then you got and then you got uh, Laner had a good deal. Laner with the the deal with Chicago. And now, I mean, of course, those are show me deals with those guys. But here we are. We have to sign Mike Smith to a show me deal because. Because we can't go out and afford the the top end of the goaltending caliber, because somebody let Peter Shirelli on the last day in his office sign a contract with a guy that you know, like what was Bob Bob Nick? And Let's I know, work through this. I know is Shirelli's. I don't know why we're like he didn't have to go through anybody. How did this we happen? Know he didn't have How to go did through he, No, no, but he did. The, yes, Nicholson he said afterwards said it, it was a team decision. And, whatever. He's just trying to put paint over. And dog you can shit. say that, but but he <laughs> but he's. He's not. He's not. He's not a hockey guy. You know else. he's not in there. You know he's not in there trying to deal with anything. I don't know, We've man. Already heard that coaching staff has tried to stop three different transactions that he made. Okay, we want to talk about that. I want to first. Uh, our friends at Sherwood Ford they want to jump in here and do a history of the Miko Koskinen signing. I know our friends at Sherwood Ford desperately want to hear that. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Daniel, what do they got going on? Uh, so this month is. Uh, as everybody knows, it's Ford Pay What We Pay Month. Ah, yes. ah a little employee pricing. But our uh, but our friends at Sherwood Ford, they like to say that it's even better than what they pay. And when you when you go for a car or a truck or whatever you want from Sherwood Ford, uh, they actually show you the the like the MSRP. I think he called it. Yeah, the MSRP, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, sheet that'll tell you literally every bit about what the car cost them, what it's going to run you and why they're giving you the amazing price that they're giving you. Let me get this straight. The ghost of Henry Ford reanimates. Yep. He'd be like 145 years old. Correct. And he ambles into Sherwood Ford and says, I'm the inventor of Ford. I insist you sell me a flex. Yep. I would get it for a better price than reanimated Henry Ford. You would. They're (laughs) like, they, they slap all their employees in the face with this month, and they're like, hey, you guys do an amazing job for us 11 months out of the year. This month, we're gonna give everybody else your deal. And it's going to be better than what we give you. I'd be like, sorry, Henry. Sorry, buddy. Get the fuck out of the way. Thanks for the assembly line, bro. I'm going to go ahead and get me some savings. Go on over to at Sherwood Ford on Twitter and at Sherwood, um, Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram. They have got some sexy vehicles on their social media all the time. And they're just good people. Head down there. Upgrade your vehicle. You need to. Now, back to the history of the Miko Koskinen signing. As we said, right before Peter Shirelli was fired... He signed a unproven goalie to a three-year, $4.5 million deal per season, I should say. How does that happen, Tyler? Um, I mean, I just have a hard time. Like, I understand that it might seem like Bob Nicholson was just trying to cover up a little bit. But at the same time, I there had to have been a... It's not like Peter Shirelli just drew, was like, quickly, I'm going to drop this contract, send it over to his agent. It's signed and it's back here. Like, there was a boardroom of people in that decision. There, that was a team decision. I, I 100% believe that. Um, just a quick fact check, by the way. Mrazek, 
is making $800,000 less than Miko Koskinen this coming season. And Robin Leonard, a Vesna finalist, is only making 500k more than Miko Koskinen. <laughs> yeah, on a but they get term though. That's what I'm talking about. We also threw th- was it four years out of him. <laughs> yeah. So hypothetically, I mean, Koskinen should have gotten even less because he was getting job security and a no trade clause. What's a worse contract, Javi Bulin or Koskinen? And these are shocking people to compare to one another. You have to go to go to the Javi Bulin deal, though. You have to go back to that summer and remember that Javi Bulin was the top echelon of free agent goalies. He was the most injured goalie in the NHL for like the three seasons. And I remember they shied away from Rolison wanting a two-year deal, so they're like, no, no, we're going to go with old Super Bowl Sunday instead. Yeah, for sure. I'm not not defending it. I just, I always have to put that caveat in there because I often forget that Javi Bulin was like the guy that everybody was bidding for. But yeah, I did get Laner and and Mrazek mixed up. It's just, it's so frustrating to see that, to see that transaction go through. We, we greenlit it, and here we are. We got Miko Koskinen, and we're going to have a one-year deal next year of another goalie that has to come in and prove his stuff. How do you know yeah. not one of our goalies jumps up and just takes that spot? Well, then I Shane, hope so, man. Shane Starrett had a hell of a year last year, it seemed like. <laughs> Yuremchuk is Yuremchuk giving you evil eyeballs here. Oh, I know. <laughs> Why? Why? Right Give him a mic. What about the what about the uh, the, the Russian man. kid? Can he come over next year? Man. He signed for two, two more years with MACT and Lokomotiv. Tyler, go ahead. Who's Tell Rick why he's wrong. Who's the first overall pick that's expected in 2021? Because he's an oiler if Shane Starrett is on the NHL team. Man. Like, <laughs> come on. It, You're I had a guy at the beginning Jordan of last season. Jordan Binnington. Okay, but Jordan Binnington had a little bit of a higher cachet, way more experience. He's like 24 or 25 years old. Starrett doesn't have that track record even in the minors. You said Craig Billington, right, of the New Jersey Devils? Yes. Nah, he's old, man. <laughs> that guy's playing like 93. He's have his hockey cards and he's shit. He's still good. Um, I just... Yeah, it's frustrating because I don't think there's that savior sitting in their organization. If there is, it's going to be another two, three years till someone like Stuart Skinner or Shane Starrett can arrive. Um, And and Koskinen's going to be sitting here. Like, you're stuck with him. The one thing that I could maybe see happening, and this is really counterintuitive to what I said earlier, but maybe the Oilers buy him out. Like, if he has a bad season and it's at the point where you go to the free agency group next year where... Braden Holpe's a UFA, Corey Crawford's a UFA, Laner's a UFA again. Maybe you just sit there and go, man, we got to save the money. We got right. a ton of cap space already. Let's save the money and go get Corey Crawford. Or at least try one of those those little trade things where the other team buys them out. We take on a contract. I understand yeah. what you're getting at, but yeah. Thanks to our friends at Puckpedia.com. I just wanted to follow Tyler's little rabbit hole down for a second. Let's say after this year, the Oilers decide to buy out Nico Koskinen. That would cost him 1.3 on the cap for the next four years saving themselves 2.5 in actual or sorry uh it would save them 2 million bucks 3.2 in the second year and then 1.3 in the two following years. Does he have the full that. no movement the whole time? Uh probably. Peter Shirley loves to hand those out. Yeah, he has a modified no trade. A modified 15 no- team no trade list. So you- Why Shirelli had to give him that also, in addition to the absurd contract, it just doesn't make any sense. But you could technically just put him in the AHL and save yourself a million dollars in, right? He reminds me, this reminds me of a guy who's drowning, and Peter Shirelli was just trying to claude anybody he could and drag them down with him. That's why I'm so happy he's probably ending up with the Canucks. See, they deserve him. The thing with that, though, like when they first signed Koskinen, I remember having conversations with a few people around the rink, and it was like two people kind of looked at me and said, you know, this isn't like a backup goalie thing. They're not bringing in Koskinen to back up Talbot. Like, they actually believe they have found a gem in him. So, again, that just goes back to my point. I think that was the group going, let's lock him down. Goalie market ain't looking too hot this summer. 
get Miko in here, but I mean, yeah, you can't deny they overpaid. In the effort of being positive, can does anybody at this table expect Miko Koskinen to be better next year than he was last year? Has to be. Like, can't be worse than that. Yes, he could. His, his glove hand was so bad. But like, there was that run where he was on an absolute heater. Yeah. That's what got him this contract. Maybe he just needs to get used to the ice. Isn't that what you guys are saying after I the first game? I tried to be he positive. He just needs to get it. used to the ice. I said it's, the, the, it's a smaller ice. You can't, he's not used to having that many fans in the crowd. I tried literally anything <laughs> I could to justify the signing, to try and make this better, and it just didn't work. And, it, and to Tyler's point there, too, what's the worst that could have happened if the Oilers somehow made it into the playoffs because of Miko Koskinen's amazing effort, Herculean effort to take them on his back, and then we pay him $5.75 million for three years or whatever it is. Like that's the absolute worst case scenario was he gets paid a little bit more to do, you know, to have a, to have a, a good playoff run with us. And then also we get a playoff run out of it. So everybody's a little bit happier. Like it would have just been, ah, I don't know. It's frustrating all around. So looking at his numbers from last year, it seems like in January, Jan, late January, it's kind of where he really fell off a cliff. Before that, though, he had was that the two was that the time that uh, both defensemen were down with injuries too. Could be, and that yeah, that is a good sense. point as well. When the decor was healthy, he did have better numbers. And yeah. you asked the question of if it's reasonable to expect him to be better next year. I think it is. Like he was out of the NHL for a while, adjusting to the NHL game. There is a big difference for goaltenders in that. So now that he has a whole summer to go, you know what? They attacked my glove hand. I got to work on my glove hand. And you heard it from McClellan. You heard it from Hitchcock as well. That everyone just praises his work ethic. He's a guy who is like really, really dedicated to improving. So I will give Miko the benefit of the benefit of the doubt and say that an improvement next season and maybe a few more ten to eleven game stretches where he's really, really good. I think that's reasonable to expect. Well, I mean, we have to hope for that to happen. Hey, we correct? got we got behind Lucic last year. We can get behind Koskinen this year. What kind of bet could we do with Koskinen? Oh, some kind of little draft. So uh-huh. like a goals against draft? No, goals against isn't fair. Maybe like a save percentage. Uh, goals against though would give you some sexy numbers to look at. You know, he gets lit up by the gets lit up by the San Jose Sharks, and you're. Uh, no, I'm I'm saying that we would try and draft the least amount of goals. So, but you know, Cam gets lit up by the San Jose Sharks for six goals against. We scored seven, so it's good. We got a win out of it, and uh, and Cam's Miko Koskinen numbers are way up. Speaking of Lucic, a rumor came out this week that the Los Angeles Kings were kicking tires on one Jesse Pugliarvi. However, old Dutch Uncle Ken wanted to throw in Lucic as part of the deal. Smart man. Very Is smart there man. any chance that this, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing, wanting Jesse Pugliarvi, but also having to take Lucic back? Who's the head coach of the LA Kings? Oh, Tom McClellan. Him and uh, Pugliarvi got along swimmingly, didn't they? And how, how did him and Luch get along? I don't think that was exactly very pretty towards the end either. Like, no. The LA Kings, there cannot. there is no way I refuse to believe that there's that much disconnect between Rob Blake and Todd McClellan that Blake would be like, yeah, fine, I'm pulling a trigger and bringing in two players that were on a, routinely, on a routine basis in Todd McClellan's doghouse here. No, that rumor was BS from the start. Cool. Now debunk Ogopogo. Tell me why that's <laughs> fake. That's a sound logic. I no longer think that's possible. There was actually a new Ogopogo video that just came out like two weeks ago. Did you see it? For, for actual from the like BC? Yeah, yeah. Somebody, there was like waves rippling for like about 100 feet long. It was huge, right? It was huge. Yeah. For this, real? Yeah, yeah. This is like two weeks ago, probably. Ogopogo sighting. Potential. That's legit. Like deep water in mountains and stuff like that is so deep that something could have swam down there a trillion zillion years ago. 
But there'd have to be multiple of them so they could reproduce. Yeah. So you think there's like a whole colony of Okapogos? There'd have to be a million of them. They're not rabbits, but I think that they're like, we only have five. We've only charted like 5% of the ocean. There is definitely shit down there that doesn't like wash ashore very regularly. This is why I believe in Megalodon still. That was a hell of a show and I still (laughs) believed it. I think he's out there. That's why the Koskinen signing wasn't that bad. Exactly. Because there's Okapogo? Yeah. Ogo Pogo's dope, man. I hope that's I hope that's a thing. Is it the clone of Rockets that have him on their yeah. on their on their jersey? That's sweet. Yeah. Like Bigfoot sucks. Ogo Pogo's the way forward. I'm in on Ogo Pogo. You think they're both fake, Ogo Pogo and Bigfoot? Uh I would tend to believe in Ogo Pogo more than Bigfoot. Yeah. I think a sea faring creature that we don't know about is far more likely than land. Drain the lock. Let's find him. Like Homer did. Drain the lock. See what happens. You never know. If that if that is true, then there's a lot more things. That if there is a magical creature, yeah. the first thing we need to do is destroy its environment and kill it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then we'll be like, you know what? There was an Ogopogo. Get it out of the water and do a bunch else, of science stuff well on do it. it too. There's shit in the Amazon we'll never ever find. Exactly. That's what right? I'm saying. That's why I think that Ogopogo is legit. Whereas I feel like there's enough mountaineering people and climbers and hikers and shit that we would have seen a Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we're, we've been all over the world. That's we would have seen. Amazon uh, forest has stuff in it. We don't know. Oh yeah, Amazon. That's a different. That's a if different. There's animal. a yeah, no, yeah, bigfoot in Amazon. Way, like, too, mm, way too hairy to be living in there like that, though. It's I'm oh it's hairless humid. bigfoot. Yeah, it's probably oh, humid in there. Shit. It's probably not very comfortable. So yeah, you'd have to have a a hairless bigfoot. Have you ever there. seen that theory? Your M check right now is like none of this is about free agency. Uh, <laughs> whatever your M check, I'm standing in for Coom. Did you know that there's a train of thought that thinks that what we think the dinosaurs look like is completely false because they were all covered in feathers. Really? Yeah. So we're basically seeing like the hairless cat version of dinosaurs. Which makes sense. Uh, how birds. creepy would that be to anybody who was around back then looking at things nowadays? Like that's nothing what it looked like. Why do you guys have these shaved animals out there? This is nothing. Also and we're like, yep, everything that's else in like. the past. That was like when I found out that T-Rex actually couldn't run. So it just kind of ruined that whole scene from uh, Jurassic can't Park run. for me. No, now the scientists or the whatever water? are coming out saying he could not run. He was probably a very slow moving animal. Logistics alone just seemed crazy. Like when he'd have an itch on his back and he couldn't touch that. Thing. That reminds me of Sekera in his final years, and he was too slow to not be hitting the corners. That's right. So the T Rex is now Sekera, who would have been bought out and signed by the Dallas Stars for a cheaper deal. Now we're looping back to free agency to make Tyler happy. <laughs> this is a good podcast. I wouldn't listen, but it's still pretty good. I was tweaking out like a meth head over here. I needed more cap space. Yeah, talk. like a meth head. <laughs> he is a method <laughs> back onto the uh, Lucic thing for a second I personally believe Milan is going to be an oiler come October thoughts book it yeah it's like no who are you trading him for I don't I don't think you're doing Lucic for Erickson anymore unless that bonus has taken a while to get through the banks or anything like how many that, years but... left on Di Pietro's contract can we get him mm, yes I would love that one I think Di Pietro maybe uh, I know Alexi Yashin just came off their books like two years ago. Sweet. He's the president of the Women's Russian Hockey Federation. Oh, he's got a poots card for sure. Oh, for sure. He's like, do this job. He's like, I don't know. They're like, just do it. Here's card. Absolutely, man. Poots card for everybody. Anyway, sorry, Dan Lucic. Yeah, I Who? think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that there was some mention of it uh, last year, and I think that there's it still <laughs> makes sense is to send him down the Kiwi Two Highway. So him and Mike Smith can have a fight again in reverse jerseys and one James Neal plus, plus, plus from our side of things. 
comes back. I just don't. I just plus don't plus plus. Like we have to send. We have to send more than just Lucic down for James Neal. That's I just don't understand what the Flames only wanted. Uh, they're be rushing to trade James Neal. Like he they had one year. That he didn't score twenty goals, like it doesn't make any sense to me. But I hope they do. I'd love him to be here. Put him on Concon's line. He's slapping goals in. You just he can just do what we wanted Lucic to do, which is sit up on the blue line and then cheat his way in and punch Mike Smith there. in the head, yeah. even though he's now with the Oilers backup. Lucic's never supposed to be a scorer, though. Well, I mean, he was supposed to chip but, in probably like eighteen to twenty. Yeah, that's or that's fair. Maybe even like a fifteen, but throw on you know like 25, 35 assists in there. Um, I I still really like the idea. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. But of the Western Canadian three-way trade, an old Western yep. Canadian three-way. Oh yeah, um, yeah, we've all, all wife swapping goalies, uh, wife okay. swapping goalies in three ways. Yeah, um, where it would be something like <laughs> the Oilers package up Polya Yarvi and Lucic, and Vancouver takes Erickson and a prospect who's maybe worth around the same as Polya Yarvi, and Calgary just gets to get rid of Neil and maybe like a low-end prospect as well. And everyone, you even out the value between the. Three and what teams, do we spin a wheel for? Who gets who? Pretty much, right? Like cool. Lucic go, Lucic and Pulley are going the keys to Vancouver, and the hat thing, you know. What I mean? But the Oilers get back Neil and just Neil and Calgary as a sweetener doesn't have to give up an extra prospect, and they get Vancouver's prospect in there as well, like a bit of a three-way trade because I can't imagine Edmonton would be crazy about sending Lucic or Pulley Yarvi to Calgary, but I mean Vancouver is eh. How amazing would it be if Lucic is just working his ass off this summer? He comes out of camp and scores like 22 goals next year. And everyone's like, oh, that's why we got him. Remember when he scored the first goal of the season and yeah. we were at the pint and I was so fired up. It was great. I was drinking a beer Mosa and I was like, this is it. He's scoring 30. And then he didn't score 30. He didn't score again until like March. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, was like, it was like January until he scored again. Uh, the Lucic saga continues to play on just like... New podcast sponsor, Skip the Dishes, Dan. Yes. As a man who likes to eat myself and doesn't know how to cook anything, I love Skip the Dishes because I'm very lazy. This is the sponsor we've been waiting for. They are the sponsor we've been waiting for because anything I want, anything in the world, from donairs to pizza to my beloved Oodle Noodle, I can just go and skip the dishes and order that right to my door. Then you know what I have to do? Nothing. I wait. I don't even have to put pants on. Their delivery drivers are very accepting of my lifestyle. I appreciate them for it. You know, I don't even use them for delivery. I use it for pickup. So that way, I don't have to stand awkwardly in front of the counter and wait for my oodle noodle to come to me. I just, uh, I order it ahead of time. I walk up, say, here for my order, and it's all done. And I save those lovely folks behind the counter oodle noodle all kinds of time and awkward glances at me because I'm staring at them, marveling at what they do. And uh, instead, I just get to order ahead on Skip the Dishes. Can I do that for my late night orders at like 2 o'clock in the morning? I think yeah. so. Oh. We're getting an app right away, Noodle Noodle, that allows you to like order and jump the line and not, we don't have to pay Skip the, oh, you know what? No, I don't want to tell that story. <laughs> skip the Dishes rules. Noodle <laughs> Noodle rules. Everybody's getting paid and laid. Skipthedishes.ca. Go get yourself something to eat because you're hungry. Just think of me like an Italian grandmother that always thinks that you need food. Tyler, you're looking skinny. Head on over to Skip the Dishes and he order looks yourself in his some arms. <laughs> ah, yep, that's actually a fantastic Skinny point. o'clock, yeah. Right, lots, right. Of, lots of bone on there. <laughs> uh, one thing I want to talk about since we're uh, taking shots at Shirelli, which is one of my favorite pastimes, <laughs> is the word that came out that the Oilers coaching staff desperately tried to get Shirelli to not trade Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner last year. And he did it anyway. 
Well, we are aware that the coaching staff, when it was McClellan, also went out to him and said, please don't trade for Brandon Manning. And then as soon as he fired that coaching staff, he went out and got Brandon Manning. He was a stubborn dude. He was an asshole. Also said, hey, guys, we should not keep Bouchard. You should put him back in the minors while Torelli wanted to keep him up here. So, honestly, I've said this before. Tom McClellan's greatest gift to the Oilers is probably saving that extra year at Bouchard. 100%. Todd McClellan is not the guy that should have been fired. I would have been okay if even take the results from last year and keep them the same. If Todd McClellan was still the coach of this team, I would not be complaining. Agreed. They fired the wrong guy. They fired the wrong guy to start. And uh, I think it was Raider Jesse or someone else from the Oilers Twitter world who sent out a tweet and said if they would have fired Shirelli last summer, they would have had the Koskinen deal probably would have been a little bit better. Or not, not saying, it, yeah, I still think the organization as a whole loved him enough and they wanted to sign him, but it might have been better. How about that? Go ahead. They would have had a third line center in Ryan Strom because they would have stuck it out and been like, hey, let's not trade this guy when he's at his absolute lowest value. Mm-hmm. So they would have had him. They would have had Drake Kajula. And they would have had an extra couple million in cap space as well because they wouldn't have Brandon Manning kicking around. And a third round draft pick. And an extra third round pick. So that's what happens when you <laughs> sit on your hands and don't do what needs to be done. The scenario I like, because there's talk about him going to Vancouver, is they're sitting in their boardroom. Jim Benning's in there. Peter Shirelli's in there. And Jim Benning goes, all right, guys, we need to make a decision. Erickson for Lucic. And Shirelli just kind of pipes up and goes, I wouldn't touch that Lucic contract. That's a bad <laughs> one. Ah, damn you, Tyler. <laughs> no, see, I think they bring him in in a, in a role where Benning can just call him at any time, day or night, and be like, hey, I just got offered this, Pete. What do you think of it? And, you know, it's, I don't know, it's Patterson for Crosby. And Peterson's, or uh, Shirelli's like, I love it. And Benny goes and just hangs up the phone quickly and goes to the rest of his staff. Don't anybody fucking answer that email ever. We're not touching that deal with a 10-foot pole. He's their advisor that if he says do it, you don't. And if he says don't do it, well, you look at it and you do it. They were buddies in Boston, man. If you're going to bring him yeah, in, I was gonna you ask, got to listen to him. My, t- my timelines, I don't remember when Benning got hired in Vancouver, but was he not part of the Sagan trade that just had his anniversary the other day? Tyler is nodding yes. Yeah, I didn't say that's... Uh, that's so those two job. two peas in a pod and two jackasses, and I'm glad they're together. I'd love to see Chia in the Canucks boardroom. They're like, gee whiz, Peter, looks like you're a little bit mixed up today. You're wearing your shirt for pants, and you're wearing pants as a shirt, and you're all turned... Or, oh, you've fallen out of the chair. Oh, dear. Chiarelli's <laughs> fallen out of the chair reviewing contracts, and he's got himself all mixed up again. Guess we should just put him down the garbage chute <laughs> and let him collect for Vancouver sanitary engineers to remove. Speaking of contracts, I want to talk about Mark Bergevin giving no fucks about the gentlemen's agreements that have been in the NHL for years now. On free agency day, he offers sheeted Aho on Real Life on Monday. We talked about this being not enough money to make sense. He should offer him more if they really wanted Aho. They kind of did the Hurricanes a favor. Today on the radio, Elliot Friedman confirmed a David Pagnotta. How do you say that guy's name? Pagnotta? Pagnotti? Pagnotti? I'm whatever that guy's name is confirming that Braden Point turned down an offer sheet from Montreal. I love Bergevin giving no fucks. I love this. Because as a fan of the game, it's supposed to be entertaining. Go out and swing, man. Who cares? You're not here to make friends. You're here to win. If you're standing at the plate, man, you start swinging. The last thing you want to do is stand there with the bat on your shoulder and get uh, get struck out that way. Yeah, like when people get struck out in slow pitch, it bears it. Not a good day. Embarrassing. Tyler, what do you think of these offer sheets? Oh, it's great. Um, Bergevin, you don't, like it, Like you guys said, you don't ever hate on someone for swinging the bat. 
Now, he didn't take a very good swing. He should have put way more money in there. And you can critique his swing, but you got to give him credit for at least getting the bat off his shoulders, right? Um, I like that he forced Carolina's hand a little bit. At the end, they got Aho for tremendous value. I'm not sure why Sebastian Aho even agreed to signing that contract, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, I love that he's going right after Braden Point because that's directly going after a division rival and a damn good division rival. If you can go and, hey, Braden Point, here's $10.5 million, Tampa Bay's obviously going to match that, but now they're screwed. Like, even with Callahan on LTIR, they are in deep, deep shit. So I love the idea that he's going after him. I want Bergevin to turn around and go after Kachuk. If Kachuk says no, I want him to go after Marner, even though I doubt that'll happen. And that's say, fuck it, go after Ranton as well. Like, just keep going, man. Who gives a shit? Yeah, when he's not busy bursting out of his shirt, how about those pictures? Man? God Ooh. almighty, it's like, I want my GM to be ready to kick the shit out of my starting 23-man roster. That's what I like. Bergevin could beat up the entire Habs organization. Well, we know offer sheets do lead, do uh, tend to lead to a barn fight between the GMs, right? So Again, uh, throwback to the Dustin that's one offer dude, That's one dude you want in the barn. Bagmilk and I were talking about this yesterday. I couldn't believe that was true. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was such a wacky era. I was just like, I can't take any more bad news. Brian Burke wants to fight Kevin alone to Bard. I said, no more bad news. <laughs> yeah, so we are going back to uh, December of 2011, where Brian Burke talks about challenging Kevin Lowe to a barn fight, where they were going to rent it out, fight each other. But then Commissioner Gary Bettman had to step in and say, boys. Did no Oilers fight. Nation report on this at the time? Like, is there a 2011 Wanye article that I've somehow deleted from my memory banks where I'm like, what the holy hell is going on? I feel like there's going to be some firings here if there's no uh, ON uh, articles on the this. Firing of myself? I think there was. <laughs> I feel like I was following from afar and there had to have been something. Like, that is amazing news. Were you living in Halifax at the time? Do you guys know Dan lived in Halifax? What, is that a joke? So that's why I don't say. That's why he I talks about living in anymore. Halifax all the time. Oh, you love Halifax. Like, that's all right. I live there. Do you? Really? Crazy. I live in Edmonton. That's why. But you'll notice that I don't say it anymore. How about <laughs> these guys do it for me? Uh, it's it's an ongoing it. gag. Following from afar, like uh, bag milk with his wife swapping. That's right. That is my new thing. Uh, looking at the site real quick, Wanya, it doesn't look like there was any barn fight coverage. Outrageous. Mm-hmm. Retroactive censure and suspension of myself. Mm-hmm. It's funny if we've only heard a very whisper about the point uh, offer sheet. Is there any chance this has happened before in previous years and the player has not signed it, therefore has not hit the news? Therefore, maybe offer sheets are a lot more prevalent than we actually know about. Oh, and just no one signs them? Yeah. <gasps> I think there has to be. They're hidden like Ogo Pogo. For yeah. sure. Like when you think about, if you think about a guy <laughs> or a, a team where they would try and come in below like where you're supposed to kind of fall, so they do a little bit less compensation kind of thing. There has to be that chance there. Yeah, 100%. I think the talk happens a lot. And when people said like, oh, offer sheets never happen because of the gentleman's agreement. I think that's a lot of it. But the other part of it is I think a lot of times players don't want to be in a position where they feel like they're going to have to go back to an organization where the fan base is pissed off. Their teammates might be a little bit irked at them management and the whole organization is going to be mad and like that's a risk sebastian aho took yeah when you sign that paper that's a serious serious statement like you're like i'm ready to walk right now like if montreal went to mitch marner and said we're off sheeting you for 11 and a half million do you want the money i feel like he's almost in a position for the sake of his career knowing toronto would probably match it it'd be nice to get 11 and a half million but think about his endorsements that he'd actually probably lose when it comes out that montreal is offer shat Mitch Marner. Offer shat. That's the plural form me and Low Tide came up with. Because like he, this. like, I Montreal like offer sheeted. <laughs> Mitch Marner doesn't make sense. Offer shat makes way more sense. Offer sharted. 
That's yeah. Those, those are the ones we don't. Those are the ones we don't hear about. Yeah, you signed <laughs> Penner because you offer Charter to. Damn it! Um, you shit. But right, I feel like players are like really mindful of that. And let's say you're Matt Kachuk, and Montreal comes to you and is like, "Hey, eight and a half million dollars. We're gonna offer sheet you." The smart play would almost be for him to go back to Calgary and be like, "Hey, listen. By the way, they're offering me eight and a half. I'm probably gonna accept it. But why don't we just keep this clean?" No one on either side is going to be pissed off at us. Let's just do that same contract without it getting into the public. I actually think that happens. Uh, according to OkanaganVacationGuide.com, if you're going to look for Ogopogo, they just offered up a couple of little tips for you. Some people say that he's dark green in color, Wanye. Mm-hmm. He's estimated at one to two feet in diameter, approximately 15 to 50 feet long. So you're looking for a big unit. That's a now, range. 15 to 50? That is quite a that range. That could be part so, of the colony you talked about earlier, your ram check. That kind of leads us down that road where Tyler said there's actually families of Ogopogo, which I'm now believing. Ogopogai, plural. Ah, of course. His head is said to resemble that of a goat head with a beard or horse. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. And according to just our friends at Google, he's been spotted by First Nations people going back to the 19th century. I say nation road trip to the Okanagan Lake, find Ogopogo. Tyler, thoughts? You love Ogopogo talk. If we would have planned this out better, we could have made it like a two-week trip recording podcasts like in the vehicle as we moved, stopped, done the Ogopogo, kept cruising around, visit like the home of Ryan Nugent Hopkins and all that, right? Watched him, watched horse races with him maybe. And then we could have gone, done the draft and came back home, stopped in Spokane, hung out with Yamamoto for a bit, see what Yams is cooking up. I'd love to bet on the ponies with Nuge. August is a very slow month and it's coming up. We have time to plan this still. Oh yeah. Ogopogo road trip. I can't wait for your M Chuck to come up with a great plan for us to go to Montreal two summers from now when the draft is in Montreal. What can we find out there? I know, I know, I'm just kidding. Montreal doesn't have an Ogopogo. Halifax, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All the way out there in the east. One day changing gears from hockey a little bit. I want to talk about your experience at the Edmonton Stingers game. You were sitting like Drake at courtside. Oh, man. Gregor message. Buddy, you want to go to the Stingers game? We're sitting courtside. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's amazing. Uh, But it was actually amazing. It was a really, really good time. They're playing at the uh, Expo Center. And I don't know how many games they've had. I don't know. I think it's like a six-team league, and the league owns all the teams and everything like that. But uh, they really went out of their way to put on a good show. I had a very good time. What goes on there? Like, they have like the DJ thing, like the usual like NBA style? So I guess the bulk of these players played in... Sitting in a game with Gregor PS is amazing because he knows everything about everything. So he's explaining it all to me. But I guess they're like a lot of these players played in Europe. Guys are like 26, 27. Um playing in this league very good i can't remember what the score was but it was like triple digits for one team and single digits to the other the quality of the ball was great <laughs> triple digits single digits eh? one double ten digits. to nine your rent like oh my god like, fuck, <laughs> i fucked up buddy it doesn't matter you can't fire me um but they also have cheerleaders they also had a din house dj they also like they've put a lot of effort into the production value of it and it was a very good time there's probably 1500 people there um I don't know. I, I was very, very impressed. Like talked to the team officials afterwards. It was really cool because like the seats we got were actually pretty gangster. So I was one like to my left was you the were coach. Drake. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, whatever. This is so whack, right? Who cares? But then when I got down there, I was like mild and like the lights. I see why Jack Nicholson had to wear shades when he went to Lakers games. Them lights is bright. bright. 
So then there's this one scene where the one guy came off scene. I suppose it's a play. He came off and he was like getting yelled at by the coach. And I stood up, you know, like a standard does. Of course. And then we were there, me and the coach yelling at the guy. Mm. And they were like, yeah. And we both sat down, me and the coach. And I looked over at him. and I was like, that was amazing. And he started kind of like quietly laughing to himself, but not like in an unprofessional way. Then later we were doing like one of them circles where we were all talking about basketball. Like a and huddle? I was, like mm-hmm. a huddle? Like, yeah, yeah. Like a basketball guy. Yeah. Huddle. And Gregor tapped me on the like leg, and he's like, "Hey!" And I'm like, "Buddy, leave me alone! I'm being a stinger here." And I was like, standing in the scrum with everybody, like, "Hmm, hmm, hmm, hmm." It was very, it was a great time. Ten like, out of ten. I like how through the whole story you identify yourself as a stinger. Yeah, yeah, we are all lead. stingers. I'm like, get out of here! I'm a stinger. Leave me be. Anyways, fellas, basketball, am I right? It was great. Speaking of basketball, Kawhi watch still happening. What do you think about Drake offering him a involvement in the record label as part of a pitch to go back to Toronto? What a what a man! What a Toronto Patriot! I love that man swinging his uh, his record label around. That'd be like Kawhi. Steve Ballmer being like, "Oh, do you want to be a Clipper? Perfect. You're now a massive shareholder of Microsoft." Like, at what point is there tampering? Because Steve Ballmer couldn't go to a free agent and offer the Microsoft shares as part of their overall involvement. Yet Drake can offer Kawhi Leonard to be part of like OVO Sound. Maybe as like a producer. Or yeah, something. I don't think there was ever like monetary whatever. I think it was kind of like a hey, you'll have like an influencer role kind of thing. Like, that's weird, need, isn't it? Yeah, they need to be real careful, you're right, or else it is tampering. Otherwise, like, in the NHL, you could, they could go to Ryan Zingle right now and be like, hey, we're going to sign you for League Min, and by the way, you're the new face of Rexall Pharmacy that's going to give sure you $6 shit. million. Dollars. Cam McDavid makes $6 million a year, and Connor only makes four. We're, I think the NBA is heading to a place, though, now where you've got LeBron's record label that, or his, sorry, his uh, talent agency that he's Definitely runs, but definitely doesn't run. Uh, where he's signing guys for Space Jam Two, and they believe that that was all tampering. Coom told me about this the other day. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Give him a little shout out on that one. What does Coom um, know? Where yeah, just I think shit. that I think that it's a little bit of the asylum or the inmates running the asylum kind of thing, where these guys can just they can just do what they want. You know, it, when you talk to uh, you talk about like LeBron had had dinners with Anthony Davis mid-season, not like they were in town in the same town kind of thing. <laughs> he was having Anthony Davis come hang out with him. Uh, but players, players can talk to each other. I think it'd be a, like if the GM went and had dinner with them, you're going to be looking a little funky at that. But yeah, players I, and players, that's fine. No, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Though. I think it's just a little bit more like the uh, the Players Association is uh, taking control of their, uh, of their own destiny. Well, the players in that league... R- they have a lot more influence in yep. transactions than they do in the NHL, but it's just a part of what the NBA is, really. But I think that I I do think that pro sports is shifting that way too, though. That, that players used to take the the team friendly contracts and they used to you know try and try and help the team out. Sidney Crosby makes eight point seven million dollars now. Of course, that was a different scale back then of what of what the team is ma- giving him. But uh, but yeah, I just think that I think that there's a shift in the in the structure of, of players wanting to just get theirs. Because if I get mine, then you get yours kind of thing. Right? Nah, what's, that guy, what's that guy in, in Nashville, though? That kid in Nashville was making like 4.5 or something like that when he should be like almost at Yossi? 7. And they're like, no. The, Ekholm. Yeah, one of the younger. And they asked him about it. He's like, I'm not here to make money, man. Pasternak's like that, too. They asked yeah. him, they're like, do you ever look at the new deals? And like, are you ticked that you're only making 6 point whatever? And he was like, if you would have told 15-year-old me, that I would be making million do- millions of dollars and playing in the NHL, 
I wouldn't care about money. Frankly, I think more record producers and musicians should be getting involved with NBA teams. I think when there's like a free agency, it should be like, do you want to go to New Orleans and work with Master P? Go to Atlanta and work with Jermaine Dupree? Go to Brooklyn and work with Jay-Z? Or do you want to go sign with OVO? Like, let's just make teams no longer teams. It's just a series of like individual brand jerseys that kind of look alike. And like everyone's negotiated their own (laughs) deals and shit. And you're like, well, it's like the LA All-Star team. And it's just like... Like no, even like the Lakers logo is irrelevant. I cannot wait. If Kawhi signs in Toronto, I guarantee there's a Drake song dropping that day with a verse about him, and it's gonna be fire. That's how he should announce. He's they should release a Drake track, and like right in the middle, he comes in for a guest spot and just is like, "Yeah, Toronto," and then back in the it's oh. no, it's gonna have to be afterwards because you know Kawhi is gonna. Dude, he's just gonna type it out on a on a, like a typewriter and send it to somebody. That guy is so <laughs> away from any type of spotlight. He doesn't give a shit. He'll just D- show up at training camp. Dusty was talking about like ways Kawhi's gonna announce yeah. it, and it's gonna be like he goes to the post office to change his mailing address. Yeah, just change the <laughs> mailing address in LA now and stuff like that. But it'd be funny if they released a rap song and Drake rapped out the terms like five years AAV thirty two point five, no movement clause, like. <laughs> Deal includes sound radio. OVO sound radio. Deal includes three opt-outs at these moments. This performance bonuses. Good. This contract shit, but this track is fire. See, everybody's gonna be man. The Milan Lucic contract song would have just been like sad trombones over and over and over again. <laughs> Seven million. Wah, wah. There would have been a lot of hype behind it, but the remixes would be fantastic. Well, fantastic is well, uh, yeah, in the terms it'd be hilarious to listen to. All right, we've got a phone call coming in from Jay the Squire. He is on his way down to Calgary. You going to Stampede or what? No, actually, I'm going camping in Kananaskis. Ah, that'd be nice. Hopefully the weather's doing well for you. Uh, So far, so okay. The reason for this call, Jay, is on the 18th of July, you, Cam, and Rick are going to be participating in a triathlon against a pro athlete and each other. This is bragging rights for life. Okay, okay. What uh, what the fuck is Coom saying here? What's, what's going on? Well, listen. Cam's been texting in. He's been talking a lot of shit. And he said that both yourself and Rick have no chance in any of the three events, that he's going to roast you, and that... You old men are going to learn what a millennial can do in terms of exercise. Millennials, um, yeah, no, um, I don't. Coom is this just this, this cocky millennial who just thinks he can do anything better than anyone in the office. And I know this is going to kill me. And I think the timing that I'm going to the mountains right now for some altitude training uh, might pay some dividends. So I'm going to try to mix in a run because I got to shut this kid up. And I know Rick. Is gonna do his best too to try to keep him down because this old this old soldier still thinks he's got a little jam left, and uh, I'm gonna do my best to take him down. My only fear is I know Coom is a runner. I hate running, but I think I'm gonna to try to make up for it on on the cycling and the swimming. Well, we w- I mean I've played sports with you a little bit. Like we played some in some outdoor in some shinny tournaments or whatever. You get competitive. That's the thing. The fact that he's calling me out is I'm already getting kind of hot right now. My my heart rate's elevated, so I'm just trying to think of the things I can do between now and then to try to give myself an edge. 
I might have to go with Nancy Kerrigan Coombe. That might be the, the best solution. But in, in the meantime, I might sprinkle in some exercise. Because you've got today, as we're recording this, this is Friday, July 5th. You guys are doing your event on the 18th. The actual event takes place on the 20th and 21st. You did not leave yourself a whole lot of time to train for this, my friend. Well, to be fair, this kind of got sprung onto me late, and I think this is happening because Coom is talking uh, talking shit to the team. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's classic classic J procrastination last minute. Hopefully, you can study, you know, with five minutes before the test starts and, and pass. But uh, I'm going to do my best here, and I know. Like, there's no greater satisfaction than putting Coombe in his place and showing them that he doesn't have what it takes. You said that running is not your jam. Of the three events, which do you think is going to be your go-to, where you could make up time on cam, or where you think you're just going to roast him in general? I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping on the bike. I, I think I, I, I've ridden a bike in the last 12 months versus running, so I think I've got an advantage there for myself, a comfort zone there. So I think just my sheer determination to compete and my comfort zone on being on a bike is where I'm going to try to make up some ground. Swimming, the, I think the, 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 the hope there is that I don't die. Uh, and then running, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully running last and I've built up enough of a lead where I kind of just like survive in the, in, the, in the running too. But cycling is where it's at. So obviously we know that Cam is enemy number one. He, like you mentioned, he's talking a lot of shit. He's saying that you boys are too old to compete in this. What about yourself and Rick? Like if you're if you're looking at the three of you, Cam is obviously enemy number one. He is the youngster here. He is talking a big game. We know he runs in half marathons. That's kind of his jam. What about yourself and Rick? What are you thinking there? Well. First of all, I'm hoping one of me or Rick can beat Cam. That's the big thing. Old boys against the, the young millennial who's talking shit. Um, now, between me and Rick, that's a whole different discussion. That guy is posting on Instagram that he's at the gym at 6 in the morning. So I know he's he's got some level of fitness into his, his, his regime right now. And so he he is a threat. So if I lose to Rick and beat Coom, I'm happy. If I win the whole thing, obviously very happy. But... I know Rick's put it in the work already, uh, so I'll be interested to see kind of how it unfolds. But do you think Rick is uh, putting in the cardio work, or is he just working on those glam muscles? I don't do any cardio. Oh, you're doing the uh, the prison workout. I do very little cardio on a regular basis. So you think you'll power through then on which? I'm, on I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's running. I'm hoping or, it's or just. The... I'm hoping it's determination and a lack of wanting to allow Coom to hang this over my head. I'm just hoping that carrot is what drives me to get through this whole thing. Well, I, this is, this, this is a prediction that you could, that, that, I, that you can almost like bet your life on. And if Vegas were to put odds on it, it would probably be like minus one ninety. I will be vomiting at the end of this or some <laughs> point during it, because I know this is going to be a crazy physical exertion. I'll keep you light on your toes though. Vomit, you know, get it out, let the poison out. Well, that's the it's it's if if I don't, I'll be disappointed because that means I didn't actually put in like the 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 effort that uh, I, I think I'm going to put into it. Jay, before we let you go here, of course, we're talking about the ITU World Triathlon. If people want to get information on that, then go to edmonton.triathlon.org. Before we let you go, if you had one message to give to Cameron Lewis, who has been chirping you 
about this yeah. for weeks, what would it be? Feel comfortable. Feel cozy that you think you got this, Coom. That's all I got to say. Just enjoy, enjoy it right now because you're going to see you're going to see one of us, you know, nipping at your heels or running past you or swimming past you, but just you know, feel comfy now because it's going to be pain in a couple of weeks. Well, here's another thing too. Cam is not here today. He's in Banff drinking for the weekend. So he takes you guys, he doesn't take you seriously enough to train at all. In fact, he is binge drinking for the next four days. That's how confident he is. And, and, and that right there, those, those actions are, are can be interpreted as, as more smack talk. So once again, he's being cocky. He's feeling cozy. You know, I'm going to go do some altitude training in Kananaskis this weekend. And maybe mixing a beer, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like I said, I've got two weeks. I'm gonna do the things I can, and I'm gonna try to take this kid down. Well, my friend, best of luck. I know you and Rick are. There's, there's a mighty evil ahead of you in the form of Cam <laughs> Lewis, and I wish you both the best as you look to take down a younger gentleman in this triathlon. Sorry, I, I couldn't hear what you said there. Am I supposed to, what did you say? Well, I, I was just saying <laughs> I wish you both you and Rick the best as you try to take down Cam. Like I said, he's been talking a lot of shit. He's got some years on you guys, but you also have a lot more experience than he does. Yeah, hopefully wisdom can prevail. And maybe it's uh, maybe it's the tortoise and the hare, you know? Exactly. I think I'm a, two might just, you know, you know, blow his load early and uh, just try to shoot out the gates. You know, just going to take a, I'm going to take a steady pace, everything controlled, executed, just like a, like, you know, a golfer on the golf course. Like you've got like every shot kind of mapped out, every stride, every, every pump on the bike, whatever the hell it is. Um, but yeah, I'm doing everything methodical with a, with a, with a positive goal at the end. All right, sir. Well, enjoy your uh, altitude training in Kananaskis and the kombuchas and other healthy items you'll be putting into your body as you prepare for this ITU World Triathlon that's coming up on the 18th for you guys. Awesome. Thanks. And if anyone's got any tidbits or tips they want to send my way, please do, because I will take anything right now. Yeah, if you have tips for Jay and Rick, feel free to tweet them at us at Radio podcast on twitter or on instagram let the boys know what they can do to take down coom is it a tanya harding situation might that be the easiest or maybe just cam's too cocky i guess we'll see we're we're two weeks away from finding out well i can't wait and uh coom's a jerk coom is a jerk and again if you want more information on this head on over to edmonton.triathlon.org find out all the information on the ito world triathlon that the boys will be competing in coming up in two weeks have a good weekend jay yeah thanks guys oh you guys and your exercise ha you only get so many heartbeats why would you want to speed them up and die faster that's all i'm saying Rim chuck is gonna have to work the bleep button there calling coom all those Savage names. Fuck you, Coom. Was We're there a losing. clip the other day that you put up of Nation Real Life that had the swears bleeped out on Insta? I try to be PG on Insta. You don't know oh, when people yeah. are like listening to them at work or when like their kids might be listening to them with their phones. I don't know. I just tried to keep it PG on Insta. I had it like I was I was going through Instagram and I was doing something and I was listening to it and I thought my like phone was ringing. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? This phone is screwed. Like I'm trying to watch Insta and I can hear like a beep like the other line is going. 
But then I just... You don't want to lose potential listeners, right? I don't want people to listen to the promo clips and be like, oh, these guys swear. You and I both know no one listens to that show. So whatever. Yeah, it's 12 people. Ah. I know eight of them by name. Yeah, shout out to the 12. Up to 12 now. That's that's pretty impressive. Was it always 12? They're just me listening to it on different phones. That's Consistent 12. Yeah, we just roll the IP. Got a nice little uh, VPN thing there. Don't tell the sponsors. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, A couple of things I want to do before we wrap up today's podcast. I want to talk about Nation Night at the Ballpark that is coming up on July 12th. We are going to get a whole bunch of Nation citizens down to Remax Field to watch the prospects play. Dan wrote about it today at OilersNation.com. Go check out that article that gives you all the details you need to know. They also have a All-Star Game coming up this weekend. So today we're recording is July the 5th. That is coming up on Sunday, Dan? The 7th, yep. 2 p.m. I also want to talk about the Oilers Nation Open Golf Tournament that is coming up in August. On August 29th, that is a Thursday. So what you can do is you can come party with us on that Thursday, mail it in on Friday, or just not go to work. That's all I'm saying. If you need a note from a doctor that is unlicensed, just let me know. I will write a note for you. You give that to your boss. I'm sure they will accept it and have no problems there. Early bird pricing on the Oilers Nation Open ends on July 10th. Head on over to nationgear.ca. You want to get in on that. We are raising money for the Jason Greger Foundation. It is a great cause. Read all about it in the article. Ask Jason about it. Call into his show today and ask about the Jason Greger Foundation, and he would love to tell you about it. I also want to thank Tyler for suffering through what, in my opinion, was excellent dinosaur and Ogopogo talk. He was very upset. His face was turning red. He doesn't like when we veer away from sports. However... I think we all learned something here today. Perhaps dinosaurs had feathers. Perhaps they did. Perhaps Ogopogo has a goat head. I don't know. There's a bunch of family of them. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. I want to thank you for listening to episode 43 of Oilers Nation Radio. I want to thank our friends at Skip the Dishes for feeding me when I have nothing in my fridge because I am useless. I am useless. Basically, I've been eating ice cubes. Thanks to Skip the Dishes. I actually get real real food. So I want to thank you for listening. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to a podcast. Tell a friend. Tell your family. Tell your coworkers about it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.